And hello again, everyone. Welcome back to One Patriot Place here on WBLZ Sports, also part of the Ironic Radio Network. You can also find our podcast on fullpresscoverage.com. Our buds over there at Full Press, they do a great job covering the Patriots as well as a bunch of other sports. Be sure to check out their fine work there. You know, I almost said welcome back to Patriots 4-2 because our guest today is my co-host from Patriots for the two, Russ Goldman. And Russ is joining us today. Wonderful uh, log on and join us here in just a moment. But Russ is here to talk with us about the Patriots uh, playoff loss against the um, Tennessee Titans. And then we'll obviously delve into some other TMZ ty- type of stuff that's been pooping up our airways, I guess you could say, for the past couple of weeks. So before we go any further, let's welcome Russ to the show. Russ, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Let's uh, let's uh, let's talk some football, huh? I know this sounds good. I look forward to it. Yeah, I know there's a dearth of football talk on the internet, and especially in Boston sports uh, radio. So let's talk about this game. I, I want to get your quick impressions of uh, how this game played out, and uh, then we'll we'll go from there. Well, Steve, the way I look at it is uh, it was a complete missed opportunity from the New England Patriots. But to be fair, the Tennessee Titans were prepared to play against the Patriots. I was fearful of this because I knew that, uh, again, the coaching staff had intel on the Patriots from time of coaching with the Patriots. So I knew that was going to be a challenge. And uh, I knew that the coach, Mike Vrabel, would have his team prepared. All that turned out to be true. You even told me that the matchup between these two teams was not a good one for the Patriots. You turned out to be right for many reasons because this team matched up very well against the Pats and uh, they could control the game with a running game, which they absolutely did. So you were right about all of that. With all that said, the Patriots should not have lost this game (laughs) because they had the opportunities to win it. It's very disappointing how this game played out because it was there for them in years past, Steve, these are the games that they win when the uh, chips are down and something has to happen. They make the plays to win these games. And I have to look at one situation as basically the microcosm for the entire season and why this turned out to be 209 and not 2014 or 2016 or one of the seasons that the Patriots have gone and won the Super Bowl, it's because when you have the ball at the one-yard line, Steve, first down, you should be able to score a touchdown. That was the pivotal moment of this game. It was the turning point of this game. That's when the Tennessee Titans came up big and showed that 
they wanted it more because they figured it out and they stopped the Patriots at the goal line. Again, it, it really comes down to who wants it more. They wanted it more. So there are many reasons why I think if you really look at it, why the season failed. But if I'm really looking at one example, a major example, it's those set of downs first down on the one yard line and you can't score a touchdown. Yeah, I think, you know, that's that's the microcosm of this season that was there. Their inability to to score in the red zone, it came back and haunt them in this game. I mean, first and goal at the one-yard line, and you, you have to settle for three. If they score a touchdown there, I'm still of the opinion if they score a touchdown there, I think they win the football game. I know a lot happened after that could have affected it, but one way or the other. But I really think that was a key turning point in the game. And again, yeah, I think it's that's a microcosm of what ailed them this season. You know, with all the talk about the Patriots defense, and, and granted, I give Derrick Henry. I know, I know, we were of different opinions of Derrick Henry, but <laughs> yes. Derrick Henry had a tremendous football game. He did. Yeah, he had 182 yards. He had 204 of the uh, Titans' 272 yards. So, I mean, this was. This was the Derrick Henry show as far as the Titans were concerned. Sure. And and but even still with all that, okay, you know, the defense only allowed 14 points. And if you're the Patriots at home in the playoffs, and I if I told you, I don't care who they were playing, if they only allowed 14 points, you would say they won that football game easy. Absolutely, Steve. And that's what's frustrating when you look at this because, again, I didn't want to buy all of this stuff that the Patriots' offense was going to be stagnant, you know, was not good enough because I've seen it happen too many times before. I saw it in 2006, and it could be good enough. Well, it certainly wasn't. It's worse than 2006. And uh, it really showed itself, especially at the end of the season. So, again, you should have enough offensive power to win that game when your defense, I don't think played their best, but when you hold them to 14 points, you should be winning, Steve. Exactly. I mean, you know, and, uh, you know, a, a lot of people say, well, Ryan Tannehill only threw for 72 yards. That's, that is very true. Now they tried to throw the ball more in the second half. And I give the Patriots high marks for that. However, you know, he only threw for 72 yards because he really didn't have to throw for more, much more than that because of the way they were running the football. Now, that being said, Tannehill did give them a couple of opportunities, and these are the things we've seen in the past. You know, he threw a bad interception off his back foot. He had a fumble that they didn't recover, you know, and it was like the, those are the plays that in the past, when he threw that interception, if if that's, this was – like you said, 2014 or 2016, what happens? Patriots go right down to score. That's the ball game. But unfortunately, they weren't able to do that this year. And, you know, and, and again, I'm not taking anything away from Tannehill. He had a great season. I, I think, uh, like I said, Derrick Henry had a great football game. These were the things that we talked about going into the game that worried us about this matchup. And I really thought – that if they had that bye week and then they played the Titans 
in the divisional round, they would win that game. But I didn't like playing the Titans on a short week. And, you know, hey, I predicted they were going to lose 24 to 17. <laughs> it, uh, I, I underestimated, I actually overestimated both teams scoring. So it is what it is. Hey, Murph is on the line with us. So, uh, you know, Murph, welcome. Um, we're glad you could make it. I understand you were tied up a little bit. So now we're on the air with bit. Russ. We were just ta- getting opening thoughts of the game. Russ, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Good to it's talk been to you, Murph. It's been a long It has been, man. It's been too long. And, you know, I wish it was better circumstances. And I'm not quite sure what you guys have been venting about since now and then. But, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm pissed. <laughs> Well, well, it all comes down to execution. I mean, it does, it, does, the man, it really does. The, you know, the opportunities it, it, were there to yep. score points. Yep, yep. and and it, it, they didn't they didn't you know make hay when they had a chance to. I, I said it, it. I rolled my I, when Burkhead came up short. Perfect play call, and he just came up a yard short. I actually rolled my eyes and said, "Okay, here we go." Yep, here we go. Because I thought it, it looked scored. like he was going to score there. Yep. And then they and tackled he, he, him at the one yard line. I was like, because mm-hmm. you did the same thing I did. <laughs> because I thought he yep. was going to get in. And I was like, that's a huge touchdown. And then as soon as they stopped him at the one yard line, I was like, oh, please don't tell me this, you know? And 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 that was the swing right there. They ended yep. up with three. They, uh, the Titans came back and put up seven. I thought it was very unimaginative. I'm sitting there, and even they called timeout, and they came back out in the same fucking alignment. The same alignment. Called timeout twice. Twice. (laughs) You know, and they didn't make an adjustment. Spread people out. Do something. Give, give Give everybody an opportunity to do something there. Instead of instead of no, we're, we we got them in in the uh, the alignment that we want them in. So in and like you guys have probably said in years past, okay, they would have done this, 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 or this, you know. And you could say that throughout the entire second half of this game, and um, and the season. Uh, they they would have ended up with six points there instead of yeah. three. Um, yeah, I because thought, you know when you you go back to those you know, Super Bowl years. Mm-hmm. And the one play that stands out, it was, I thought it was their bread and butter play. It was either Gronkowski, Chris Hogan, mm-hmm. or Danny Amendola runs that that route that, along the back line of the end zone. And how right. many times did we see them score on that play? I mean, too many to count. Dozens, and they have nobody you know, that can do that this year. Nobody. Nope. They have nobody that they can trust to do that this year. Um, I would have at least uh, get, given Dorsett a shot. They didn't give anybody a shot at it, and that's that's what really pissed me off. After they came out with the second timeout, I'm saying, "What is McDaniel's doing over there? Checking the one ads? What what what's happening here? This is this was ridiculous. I thought the game plan defensively was perfect. I thought they had to tweak things a couple a, a little bit at half. Oh, we disagree on you, the game plan. You, uh, we can talk you, about no, that. no, the defensive game. You have a problem yes. with that defensive no, game I plan? I absolutely do. I totally why they, they they scored they scored fourteen points. They did, Murph. 14. But again, this if you look at down, it, can, well, hold on. I, I know what Russ is going to say because we talked about this yeah. offline. Let let him explain to you what his feelings are. On sure, okay. Murph. Uh, if I look at this and. 
Steve and I have talked about this, and I'm not a fan of Derrick Henry. In fact, I still think he's overrated, and that drives Steve crazy <laughs> because I do. Because I think that his yardage, again, I don't think he's this special back that that would be someone like Nick Chubb or someone right. of, of that character because, again, he is huge, and and uh, but he doesn't make anyone miss. He, I, bl- I blame a lot of this on scheme. I blame a lot of this on not doing your job, not tackling well. But the right. Patriots, and we heard this on the broadcast, they decided to go with their base defense because they were afraid of the play-action pass with the tight ends. So right. I understand that. But it, I believe, and we can question Bill Belichick, his son, Gerard Mayo, because they made the adjustment in the second half to go with the Super Bowl defense, and it worked right. so much better. That's my question. I am I am looking at the greatest coach of all time and said, I think you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. All right, but my my point being, now it, you obviously did not read my keys to, to this week's game, <laughs> as Bill did not, because it was exactly what I wanted them to do, was to force him to the inside and take his arms away, okay? Because he is the best stiff arm in the frickin', in the NFL right now. The best stiff arm. And this is where he, he he makes hay, is getting the outside, stiff arming people away from him so they cannot wrap him up and get him down. And that's what happened the entire first half. The second half of this game, he averaged 3.4 yards per carry. That's my point, Murph. All right. And they should have done it from the beginning, but they didn't. Right. They made the adjustment. And every problem that you can you can come up with for this game, you can come up with on the offensive side of the ball. The defense right. did what it had to do. They took a page right out of uh, right out of the old book. What are we going to do? We're going to we're going to let them run. We're going to we're going to we're going to um, keep them off the out of the red zone, which is what they did is the best red zone team in the NFL this year. They kept them out of the red zone the entire second half of this game, and they came up with nothing, with nothing. They should have done it from the get-go, but it still comes down to the fact that this offense could not convert. They couldn't convert third downs, and they couldn't convert inside the red zone. We, Steve and I talked about this last week. You, they, they were going to have to take their shots from the the fifteen, the ten, the fifteen, even the twenty to get into the red zone because they're not doing it inside and in close. And I'm going to say it: they should have put Brandon Bolden in there and let him run it up. In between the <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, nothing. He's the best red zone runner that they've had all season long. He proved okay. it every time he was given an opportunity to do it, and they should have done it here. But no, Bill has to show everybody that he's smarter than everyone else, and he's going to sit this person down, sit that person down. It, 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 it was so infuriating. I have never been more upset watching a Patriots offense try to execute than I did during this game. It was, and it was. I said it after the game. Um, that uh, that Karen Garigian put it per- put it perfectly. Was this game a microcosm of this season? And it was. <laughs> she asked Bill that question in the presser, and it was. Karen is amazing because I wouldn't have been. Well, as, I'm as glad nice you just said that because Russ and I, uh, before you came on, we both said the same thing. This was a microcosm. Yeah, we already said that, Murph. Of the Patriots. <laughs> oh, all right. Because they're... If I showed up to work on time, then those things would handle <laughs> exactly. themselves, but, I guess. Yeah, we'll talk about that with your paycheck after this podcast. 
And that's it. Just dock me. Just dock you. Take take the whole thing. That's it. I deserve it. But it, it I would was, take it the whole was, thing. But it, I mean, you know, you can't take <laughs> anything away from nothing. So. Right. You can't get blood from a stone here. Um, <laughs> it was. It, 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 it was. It was an infuriating game to an end of an infuriating season. To lose two straight games at home is unacceptable. Unacceptable. And they couldn't do it. Now, one of the biggest turning points of this game, I think uh, you guys have probably brought this up, was when Alandon Roberts went out. This team um, ran the ball four times in the second half. Four times. Alandon Roberts was in was was hurt on the sideline in the locker room somewhere, but he wasn't on the field. They couldn't come up with somebody else to go in there and act as a uh, as a fullback and allow them to keep running the ball, keep going off of play action. It was working. It was working. They scored 13 points in the first half. This was working. And they couldn't find a way to keep doing that in the second half. They started slinging the ball. It didn't work. It came back up. Nobody's open. Tom's throwing away balls. Uh, passes dropped. I, it forever in in I, all I could see as as soon as uh, Edelman dropped that ball, all I could see was Wes Welker in the um in the Super Bowl dropping the ball. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot know, of people uh, did, made did, that. <laughs> did they? A lot of people I mean, made that observation. It was like, oh, I'm having flashbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, and it it was it was terrible. So I I don't know. We're, we're on to draft prep. <laughs> We're on to draft prep, and uh, so it's been a long. Uh, sure. So Russ, okay. go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I. You know, I. It, it's been a long time since we've had this much time off to prepare for a draft. So I'm expecting one hell of a draft this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so Russ, talking about this game, you know, we, we talked about the offense, and you know, I, I of, of course. A lot of these uh, TMZ types, they say, oh, well, that's because Tom Brady has lost it. Did What did you think of Tom Brady's performance in this game? I don't think Tom Brady was the problem. I think the problem was, well, one, his receivers couldn't get open. And uh, you and I have already talked about this. Uh, if he hasn't cleaned out his locker – Will you make the drive from Millbury? I'll, I'll make it from Walpole. We'll meet at Gillette Stadium and meet Philip Dorsett and take him to Logan and just say, you don't have to come back because <laughs> he, he literally drops everything. It's funny because I was told he catches everything, but it's actually the exact opposite. He he does the Costanza. He does everything opposite. And mm. it's again, it's it, it, it's been very disappointing to watch. Nikhil Harry, I think, is going to be a very good player for the New England Patriots. But you're asking someone that, again, is not playing enough to have a key role in a playoff game. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't turn up when he really needed to. He he dropped the key pass. I mean, they all did. So yep. we, can, we can blame Brady all you want. You could say that uh, he's fallen off the cliff. I don't think that's the situation at all. But um, I think that, um, you know, I have to admit that I was wrong because I, I figured that they would really work out this offense, that these receivers would be good enough. And um, they weren't. They weren't. Nope, and, they were uh, not. and um, you know, honestly, 
I think the biggest loss, no one's going to want, want to hear what's coming out of my mouth, but I'm going to say it right now. The biggest loss for the New England offense was not the issues that they were having at wide receiver. It's the lack of tight ends that they had. And <laughs> the fact that they did not draft the tight end is beyond me. And again, they did not get it right with these tight ends. They were very little impact. And I think it actually hurt them a great deal. Not having no. not just Rob Gronkowski, but Dwayne Allen. People laugh at Dwayne Allen. He was a big part of what the Patriots did offensively, especially in the blocking game. He was yep. very important. The Patriots missed both of these guys. And if you want to point to why the Patriots offense sputtered, it's those two. But I'm also going to say, even though Landon Roberts did a good job, and I want to give him credit, they missed James Devlin. Oh, yeah. Well, they oh, didn't use Roberts until later in the season. But, um, yeah, I think you have to take your hat off to the job Roberts did at at fullback because this was a position he never played. And for mm-hmm. him to step in and play as well as he did because of the injuries, can't blame any of that on him. I thought he did real well, and I think Murph made a really good point about that. The running game was actually going well in the first half. They they actually ran the ball, I thought, much better than yards I yards in the first half. Yep. They they ran the ball much more effectively than I thought they would have in in that first half um, against the Titans defense. So, I mean, you have to tip your hat to him. But, yeah, I totally agree with the tight ends. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I thought with Ben Watson coming back, and watching him in the, in the spring and summer. And then Matt Lacoste, I mean, Matt Lacoste caught 24 passes last year from Case Keenum. And I was like, well, he should have at least catch 30 from Tom yeah. Brady. But, but I mean, he caught 13. He wasn't on the field long enough. He, he caught 13 passes. Even when he was on the field, though, he, he wasn't a right. factor. I mean – he and and Ben Watson was a lot less of a factor than I, I had envisioned. And that really hurt them because against teams that, you know, when they knew they were going to run the football and try to stack the box, that's where Brady traditionally eviscerated these teams because he would throw it right over their head, down the seam to the tight ends, and he right. would just kill you with that. That was and something he, that was really missing from when the he, offense. And when he did during this game, the play was called back for stupidity. Yeah, well, that was a killer too. I mean, that, that was that, that was that, that was, was just it was a god awful penalty. Oh, that was an awful, awful penalty. But you know, it is what it is. So, you know, let's let's not forget that the the that the depth on this offensive line was non-existent all season. Um, I put that directly on uh, on Bill and how he constructed this team. Uh, we had 4,000 defensive backs, and we didn't have a strong safety that could come in and cover a third-string tight end. Um, and uh, it was it was just it was it was a mess. And I am putting 70% of this loss, these last two losses, right at the feet of Bill Belichick. He put this team together. He put these game plans together, and they did not work. And um, that's it. 
you know, that's, you know, it's, I can't go much further than that. You know, players make mistakes and they get beat off of speed rushes and they, um, sometimes, uh, fall, go out a little too far into coverage when they're supposed to be pass blocking. And, uh, th those things happen. But when, when you put a team together, you have to think of both sides of the ball. And Bill put the entire focus this off season, last off season, on the defensive side of the ball because he got all happy. He saw what was he was able to do with it in the Super Bowl. Um, they believed a lot of their own press, and uh, the boogeymen were just basically not there on Sunday. They were not there, and they were able the uh, the Titans were able to run the ball at will in the first half. They they finally listened to me and tightened things up in the second and did what they were supposed to do, funneling him up through the middle where he does he is not as effective at all. And uh and it showed. Um so it's game planning and personnel that uh we can we can put on, on this season. And um and it it goes directly to the fact that of the reason that they had to play on Sunday. And this was a team that truly needed the extra week off more than any team over the past decade. And they didn't get it. That's it. I'm done. Hello? Steve, there? Steve? Oh, man. Okay, I'm not done. Uh, I just saw. <laughs> what do you What do you think, Rusty? Where, where do you think the focus should be this uh, off season when we get to free agency, or am I getting too far ahead here? Um, should we worry more about where this coaching staff is going? Um, to be honest with you, as you know, you heard from Tom Brady. It's it, for me. It's too soon. But if you if you want to go there, Murph. You know, there there are plenty of places to go. And, uh, you know, you might think this is uh, joking aside, but it really isn't. I'm being serious when I've already said this and 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 you can you get you can laugh all you want. But if I'm if I'm the Patriots brass, um, I make a deal with the Cincinnati Bengals and give them and, and, and do a dicka and give them their entire draft to draft borrow. That's what I, I love it. Do. I would give him the entire draft. That's how much I believe in Burrow. I've watched him many times. This isn't just watching him once or twice. And yep. they're dumb enough to do it. And if you look at the Patriots, yes, obviously you need a draft, especially the age of uh, some of the players on the team. But mm -hmm. you cannot put a price on a franchise quarterback. And if they were and stupid enough to take it, I would do it. I, I would. Yeah. Maybe I, I would. Maybe I people would think really, I'm crazy, I but I would it. do it. I would do it. <laughs> and this has nothing to do with Jared Stidham because people have said this to me. Well, it's got everything to do with Jared Stidham. Don't don't backtrack now. Jared Stidham is not a, a franchise quarterback. Jared Stidham is not Ryan Tannehill. I'll take Ryan Tannehill before I take before I want Jared Stidham under under center. I am not a fan. Yep. I'm not. It's it's just. It, I can't see him as a consistently above average quarterback. I I just don't. Yep. So yeah, go ahead, shoot the moon. 
Why not? There's another right, draft but, uh, next year. How right, many, how not many drafts? That, but. No, they're not going to do that. I mean, but I mean, you just go back to the idiots, you know, on, on terrestrial radio that constantly talk about how they whiffed on this and whiffed on that. And they got lucky with, with this undrafted free agent. Fine. Trade the entire draft for him. I'm fine with it. Go ahead, Russ. <laughs> you be you. You thump that chest, man. You go get this done for me. I'll be happy. Just bring in undrafted free agents and, and we'll we'll get younger next year. It's okay. It's okay. It will work out. <laughs> right. Give but, him and and bring Tom back. I, I, I did everything right. everything that, that that we're talking about right now is contingent in my mind on Tom coming back. I don't want this kid going out there next year and getting thrown into this offense and having to work in this offense. Give him a year to understudy, maybe two, right. but no, I would absolutely do that. Go outside, refortify the offensive line. That's that's paramount to me. That's key number one. Okay, we saw what happened when David Andrews is not under center. It, it affected everybody on that front line. We saw what happened when we don't have depth at the left tackle position. It affected everything. It was it was the, the, the offensive line is where everything starts. You build an offense from the inside out. You build a defense from the outside in. And, and you know, fr quite frankly, Bill screwed the pooch on this one this year with this offensive line. There was um, a lot of luck involved in what happened last year with how uh, healthy this offensive line was, and it did not happen this season and he did nothing to correct it. And it's, it's really difficult to fix an offensive line while it's, while you're on the fly. Um, well, they tried to do that Murph, early in the season. And again, these players never played. Yeah. They did. They, they, well, that's, that's my point. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they, I, you know, at the same time, I'm, they, they signed a couple of veteran tackles. I mean, guys yeah. that, can play. play and and well the, no they signed some guys that could play but both of them decided to quit you know Whoa. um and and with no notice at the worst possible time that's thank you and, you know I, I have a hard time faulting bill for that i mean you sign a guy and you know he's a veteran who's played and now he's going to be your backup you know your swing tackle dude and then of course win gets hurt and now this guy isn't there because you know Hey, I decided I, I'm going to quit, and yeah, they they had that happen twice to them, and you know it really hurt them, especially late in the year when the guy who quit on you and and at the preseason decides, oh, at the end of the year, hey, you know what, um, I I want to play at the end of the year, so go ahead and release me, and uh, so I can sign with another team. Mm. That that hurt when Veld here. I mean, when he he retired, I think that really. Mm -hmm. I mean that that came right on the uh, the cusp of training camp, and that's not the time to start go looking for another tackle. No, it's not. That that's you're you're right. Thanks for yanking me back to reality there. <laughs> <laughs> but they did try, the time, and guys, I mean, they, they did have they you know last year they didn't have significant injuries there and this year they had quite a few i mean obviously win missed a lot of time uh marcus cannon missed some time um they, then they lost you know um 
uh, Andrews at the beginning of the year for the entire season. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, as as good as Ted Karras played, he's there's a reason he's not the starter. Right. And, you know, but I, I don't think he was horrible, you know, but at the same no, time, no, when, no, you no. Have, when you have – when you have that many injuries, it, it does take an effect. Yeah. But that being said, at the end of the season, I thought the offensive line played well there, you know, and they got the running game going. The, the pass protection I there thought was go. much better. You know, yeah, it, it's thought, a lot easier to pass protect when you're when your running game is 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 oh, yeah. on point. It really is, and and that's what was it was one of my keys last week was to not play on your heels to get the running game going, and they did, and then they went away from it in the second half, whether it was injury or by choice, and we saw this offense sputter and not be able to get in, uh, get anything going in the second half whatsoever. It was, it was just, it was, it was bad football. It was yeah. bad football. And even, and, even and the again, punt game was bad on Sunday. Yeah, Saturday. Jake Bailey just picked an odd time to be a, become a rookie, so. Right. I don't know. Maybe it was the fog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never had to play with fog out there. No. You know, so. Um, but next week we'll we'll get into free agency. Uh who should stay, who should go. Because uh, I'm not talking about these the, the rest of these players. <laughs> Just not <laughs> I, have, I have fucking no desire. None. I have none. I barely okay, watched so, the games yesterday. I, I know we, we, uh, our guest has to leave here in about 20 minutes. And he had a couple of things that he wanted to get off his chest. So, Russ, oh. we're going to give you the floor. I was, I was looking at the clock, and I saw how, how long you guys had, had had been in here, and that's why I was kind of like <laughs> wrapping stuff up there. No, never mind. No, no. Russ. no actually, uh, we, we didn't start until just about two minutes before you got here. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Let's ramble on. Okay. Well, as I said to Steve Murph before we started recording, uh, do you remember the movie Clash of the Titans? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. The original? Yes. I don't remember anything about the remake, but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll recite the, the you, original for you. you well, know, I'm first, about to you know. release the Kraken, if you remember that movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So, and this involves the area that we live in and what we've had to put up with for months upon months. And I'm going to start here because I think Steve really understands this because we were talking about this. The lead up to this has been disgusting. I'm talking about with the media here and what we've had to put up with all of these years. And mm -hmm. honestly, the way that it has been portrayed, the way that the whole Brady could be going here, could be going there. And it all comes back to this, Murph. One word, fear. And fear has driven the media to say and do what they what they do. It's really the Howard Stern effect where if they say things that upset you, that shock you, the shock jock, and put fear in your hearts, well, mm -hmm. you want to hear what they have to say because you're scared. And many of these media members have put fear in all of us about what the future will entail with the New England Patriots. And I'm here to tell you that they all can basically shove it up my fucking ass 
Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. Because I've had to put up with this my entire life. I thought it would change after the Red Sox won the World Series, but no, mm-hmm. it continues no. because that's where all of this fear mongering began. It began with the Boston Red Sox, but it now has continued with the New England Patriots. And my advice to all of the media people across, I I could say the nation, but this more has to do with locally. Be careful what you wish for, because the day when the New England Patriots go 6-10, and 5-11, you can kiss your careers goodbye because you've lived Mm. off of fear. And you cannot sell fear to a 5-11 market. You cannot do it. And you're going to try, and you're going to see what happens when you talk Red Sox when they are at the bottom of the American League East. No one wants to hear it. No one's going to want to hear you complain about the New England Patriots when they are not a legitimate threat for anything. It's going to happen. It's history. It will happen. And I think what you're also going to find, Murph, and I need to say this because this involves – Patriots Nation. And I always said a fan is a fan, right? I'm going to I'm going to put a Bill Belichick, I'm I'm sorry, Bill Parcells line. I reserve the right to change my mind. There are fans that I don't think are real fans of the New England Patriots. I would always say if you're a fan you are. This is not true. So here's my thinking, guys, because when the New England Patriots really are not contenders anymore. I think The problem that the fan base has is I think many of them are more interested in being a fan of a winner than they are being a fan of the New England Patriots. And I hope all these people leave because we don't need you. Okay? We don't need the ones that are only care about winning because there are many life lessons to be taken out of being a fan of a football team. And if I had to teach it to my son who was struggling with loss, I had to struggle with Ben Dreif back in 1976. And I learned a lot from that. Okay. I learned a great deal. I was 10 years old. I learned a great deal. Right. And I stuck. We had that. We had sugar bear. We had, we had Bucky Dent. We had, you know, all this, you know, we we had it all, you know, these kids are spoiled. They are. We've been saying this for a very long time. Very spoiled. So, So my thought, Murph, on all of this, my focus on the media with the fear, and I hope they get their day because when the Patriots are bad, they're going to get their day. But They're just going to come back and say, I told you so. But I love Patriots fans. But you're going to have to take the good with the bad because, Mm -hmm. because you're not always going to win. And I think we're going to find out a lot about this fan base when they start losing. I'm still going to be there. Murph, you're going to be there. Steve's going to be there. We've been through the bad times. Well, now we're going to find out if you can be there too. And I hope you will be because it shouldn't just be about winning. It's also accepting how you lose. So I'm challenging Patriots fans to stick by this team now and beyond whether they are at the bottom of the AFC East or at the top of it. Because the team needs you, and don't be just about winning. Be able to accept the good and the bad. And that's all I have to say about that. 
Yeah, well, and, and I'll you know, as you've heard me say many times, Russ, I mean, I, I started watching this team and following them when they still played at Fenway Park, and they were absolutely mm-hmm. horrible. I became a fan then, and, you know, we watched those years. We watched – I mean, I still think – everyone talks about that 1-15 in 15 team. I still think the 1970 team with Joe Cap at quarterback mm. was the worst football oh, team I've ever seen. And, you know, that was the year that they, they actually – They could have lost to Foxborough High, that team. Yeah. <laughs> they actually paged the guy out of the stands who was drinking beer mm-hmm. with his friends at Harvard Stadium in 1970 to come down to the locker room and get dressed and run back the opening kickoff against the Miami Dolphins. Okay, that's how bad that 1970s – That's how bad it was. <laughs> so I've, I've, you know that's why you know when i when i look at this okay this was i mean uh you know uh, um th- this was a season that was disappointing because we all know they had the opportunity to go deep right they right. didn't make it happen but i mean for people oh they're terrible they're done I have a hard time saying a team is done when they win 12 games. Now, right. were they – was it an impressive 12-4 and four team? Not the kind of 12-4 and four teams we've seen in the past. We know that. The offensive problems, you know, really, one or two guys, if they could add one or two guys, this team is, is still, I think, the Super Bowl favorite. You yeah, know, Tony that's Obama. how close they are to keeping it going now. They have a lot of free agents. We'll talk about that. But uh, I don't think this team is done by a long shot. You know, we'll see how the – the the po- uh, not postseason, but the, uh, you know, the uh, offseason works out because they have a lot of decisions to make. And we'll, yeah. we'll get into that. But and, – and I've told – Russ, go ahead. I've told this story many times that, you know, when I was a kid, we did Sunday dinners family Sunday dinner, like with, you know, aunts and uncles every Sunday. And we would, we would schedule them during the football season, not around game time, but where the Patriots were playing. If it was a home game, we would have dinner in Connecticut at my house <laughs> where, because it was outside the blackout area. Yeah. <laughs> It was an away game. We would have dinner at my grandmother's house. That was, you know, a, not outside the black. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you folks that don't remember, if a game wasn't sold out, it was blacked out, and and a lot of games were blacked out. Uh, oh yeah, there. back then. Oh and, my, and because it is, it, it's it, it's a real haul to get out there, and to get home is like a four hour trip, and uh, for a lot of people, and it's true. A lot of folks in this market are not. Um, I, I don't want to say. Well, yeah, they're not local. This market is is the the largest market area wise in in the country, and um, what what happens is people people make their plans and they come here from from Maine or from New Hampshire or down in Connecticut, and it, it's a trip to get there. And if if you're not seeing a good product, it's 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 a little difficult to shell out the kind of money that it costs to go to a game and the time that, it, that you have to put in, not everybody's 18 years old and, and has, you know, can call in sick on Monday. <laughs> so, 
There's a Especially lot of time and effort getting night games. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. That was that was one of the things this weekend. I I didn't know if if that that place would be completely sold out, and I wouldn't have been surprised or or upset if it wasn't because it is. It's another night game, and you know that's what happened. Not everybody lives in the backyard like Russ. Not everybody <laughs> stops and takes a picture. Every day <laughs> can do that. You know, you still got to do that montage, bud. You still got to put that <laughs> montage together. Well, Russ, send me a bunch of. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Mark. Finish your thoughts. No, send me a bunch of pictures and I have Butchie do it in one of his, um, one of his, his computer classes. We'll, we'll okay, get a good. project out of it. And we'll do one of those 365 days of, of New England Patriots uh, sunrises. That, okay. Cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so Russ. All right, yep. uh, with, with t- we're down about fifteen minutes, and then Russ has to leave. So now I want to get to the other elephant in the room that I know is just ch- he's chomping at the bit to talk about. Let's talk about Tom Brady, Russ. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I th- I talked to you offline about this, so let's. I mean, come on, let it out, buddy. You know, you're on the air with two friends. So well, first. Yeah, there's no one well, else here. First of all, to your listeners that won't that don't know this, my son is, was named after Tom Brady. His name is Brady. Okay, so we'll we'll start there. So obviously, I have this allegiance to Tom Brady. But again, uh, there are many things that I'd, I'd like to say. First of all, to the media members that are jumping for joy that now are saying he's jumped off the cliff or whatever. Uh, I guess you could say that you're right now, but how often have you been wrong? So let's just let's just start there. So what drives me crazy about the Tom Brady stuff, and I've avoided it as much as possible. When I go and take a class, I, I took a, an Orange Theory class, and the coach is wearing a Tom Brady jersey, and she is going through a workout and, and giving us guidance through the workout. And in the middle of the workout, she says – this could be Tom Brady's last game. I know that the media has basically force-fed this on everyone. What drove me crazy the last couple months has been the build-up to this could be Tom Brady's last game in Foxborough at Gillette. No one knows this. I don't even think he knows this at this point. No one knows. But it's been treated like he is leaving. He's definitely leaving. He could go to X. He could go to Y. He could go to Z. And again, guys, this goes back to the fear-mongering that we deal with in this market. No one knows. No one knows what's going to happen with Tom Brady. So I could really care less about the talk, but it's out there. When it hits your home, when when your wife says to you, do you think Tom Brady's going to return? Your son says this. And I know it's all garbage because, you know, I actually went back and forth with someone on Twitter that told me that the Patriots should do something special for Tom Brady's last game at Gillette Stadium. And I <laughs> went back and I said, how do you know it's Tom Brady's last game? It's like, like they should give him a standing ovation or something. I'm like, what? It's a playoff game. You don't do that. This is the New England Patriots, not the New England Bradys. Sorry, I love Tom Brady. You don't do that. And my whole thing on this is 
I, you know, and again, Steve has talked to me about this. If you really think about what Tom Brady's going to do, I'm more convinced than ever that he is going to return because I don't think that the options that have been said for him are going to be there. First of all, as Steve has said to me, I think Miami's Miami's completely out of the picture. That ain't happening because Chad O'Shea isn't there. That makes no sense. So anyone that says Miami, Lou Maloney, by the way, you're wrong, okay? Sorry, Lou, (laughs) wrong again. When when is he not? So that's number one. I've heard Chicago. Sorry, I don't don't see Giselle living in Chicago. That ain't happening. So the only one that actually makes a little sense is the Chargers. the cold here. Right. The only one that makes (laughs) sense is the Chargers. But as Steve Balsteri said to me offline, the Chargers suck. So why would he go to the Chargers? So I think that in the end, guys, all the talk that we put up with and Tom Curran can shove it up my ass, too, by the way, because I can't stand his crap. Mr. TV boy now sold his soul for TV, okay? Not someone that you should be reading, watching at all. I'm completely and utterly disappointed with what Tom Curran has turned into. Sorry, I'm going to say that. So for the, for the Tom Currans in the world that have shelled all of this crap on us, he's going to end up signing again with the Patriots. That's what I believe. So. My thoughts on all the crap is that everyone that has given us this crap for the two months, they're going to be proven wrong. So, sorry, that's my little my well, little. Actually, thing I, I thought he was going to leave. I thought he was going to sign in with London with the Silly Nannies. So, you know, him and Peter Griffin will be on the London Silly Nannies next year. <laughs> A little family guy reference there. I don't know. I believe, remembers. I believe he's here or he retires. He's um, he's not going it. anywhere. He's I, not going. I, I but I don't think he's going anywhere. I think, you know, a lot has been made about the. I, you don't hear these questions being asked down in New Orleans. You don't hear. You know, it's, it's uh, Drew Brees is a free agent, by the way. Yeah, Drew Brees is a free agent. By it's the only way. here, guys. Ask yourself why. It's, it's, it's only, only it's only here, and and I I I really I do I believe in my heart that Tom doesn't want to play, want to wear another uniform that uh, Bob Kraft does not want him to wear another uniform. Um, We can go into, you know, contract extension talks from, from back last, last year to what's happening now. Um, I think the, uh, the, the, the wording about um, putting a franchise tag on him was, you know, was ridiculously overblown. Um, I, I really don't think Tom wants to go play anywhere else. I don't think, you know, Burt Breer, the only good point that he has made all year long was the fact that, you know, he does not want to go out to the West Coast and be that far away from his son who lives in New York with uh, his mother. Um, it, it, it's here or or it's nowhere. Um, I, he The the Jets are, are not an option. The Giants are not an option. No. Um Miami yeah, with a ridiculous, right? They all have young quarterbacks. Um, in uh, in Cleveland, I, I don't think it's an option uh, whether Josh goes there or not. Uh, I, where's he going to go? Cincinnati. You no. know, a, a, Tom Brady playing in Cincinnati. Tom Brady. Hey, G, gee, why don't you pack the kids up and uh, and move us to Minnesota? 
Okay, um, it, it's it's there's nowhere to go. There there is nobody on on. The bottom line is there is nobody out there that they could bring in here that is going to do a better job with this team than Tom Brady. There is nowhere Tom Brady can go right now that he would have a better opportunity to win a Super Bowl without Bill than he has right here. I believe there's a better chance that Bill Belichick is not the coach of this team than next year than Tom Brady not being the quarterback. And that's there's no chance of that either. <laughs> there's just none. There's just none. Unless unless the 49ers piss all over themselves and they call him and say, please come out here. Please come out to San Francisco. Then um, Bill's not going anywhere. And and Tom's he's, he's not going anywhere. He wants to keep playing football. The only thing that's going to keep him off the field is Giselle saying enough is enough. Well, you know, and, you I'm know, tired of living here. What Russ was talking about only in New England, that has to weigh on him too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he says he doesn't listen, but we all know he listens because yep. he's 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 mentioned stuff like that in the past. Um, if he decides to retire, I wouldn't blame him a bit because if no. I would imagine he's sick of all this crap that he's had to deal mm-hmm. with for his entire career, basically. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I'll, I will get on. I will get on Russ's Russ's boat with with some of the people who get on Tom about the off season shit. You know, showing up for a couple of days of OTAs, and that's the reason we're not in the Super Bowl now. Just shut up, just shut up. Yeah, people. yeah. Five five short practices are going to make that. Five difference. short practices, two in, that are in, working in with May. the freaking right in, in May, May. In, in, and that's the May. reason. Yeah. Okay. You know, they didn't extend him because he doesn't he doesn't show up to OTAs in May. Shut up. <laughs> just just stop. You sound stupid. You really do. Nothing pisses me off more than people that sound stupid who aren't. And and it just it it goes to the you know the the clickbaity bullshit that happens you know all over the place. And um and no go ahead keep keep going Steve I'm sorry I'm sorry bro. <laughs> Russ, I've missed it. I know. Well, I mean, we haven't even our own podcast on Patriots Fourth and Two because Russ's work schedule has has flip flopped so much. Yeah, that's why he I don't listen it. anymore. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate well, that's that. not nice, Murph. <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. You know, I never so, miss an episode. You know, he but hasn't had a chance. Same. He hasn't had a chance to vent. You know, all season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Russ, so, tell us what else is on your mind. We got a couple minutes left. <laughs> Well, again, if we're going to end with this, I have to end with, with another media rant because, again, <laughs> listen, I watch and I listen to things all over the world. So it's not just here. Mm-hmm. I actually had someone that's a fan of another team in England, and he told me that the only media market that's worse than Boston is in England, that they're tougher on – teams than we are here manchester manchester united or even or even all the teams in london man city man city that well see here's the difference murph with all of these teams both teams that you're naming they love winners in england i know so they don't don't, they actually they actually and liverpool and all these teams do they criticize them absolutely but do they marginalize their victories absolutely not there's only one market in the world 
that does that. And that's mm-hmm. here. Because, again, right. do they look at Man City, who have won back-to-back Premier League titles, and say, you know what? They didn't win them by enough points. Do they do and that? And Russ means the media, people. He doesn't mean you. No, no, Russ no. I'm media. Talk- There's some trickle down, but he's talking I'm about the talking media. About, I'm talking about the fans. The fans appreciate everything. And I want to stress this. I love the Patriots fans. I was just trying to make a point that we all need to stick together when I'm talking about yep. if you don't want to stick with a team, then if you just care about winning, then you shouldn't be a Patriots fan because it really is about the good and the bad. So I love Patriots mm-hmm. fans. Don't get me wrong. I love them. This, ha- this has to do with my media thing because it drives me crazy after a victory. And, I'm, and I want to end the show talking about this. This is I want to specifically talk about a post-game show that's the worst post-game show ever made, ever created. It's on 98.5 The Sports Hub. It's the worst <laughs> post-game show you could ever listen to. It stars, it stars Jim Murray and Mark Bertrand. And they yep. are the worst. They make Gary Tangway look good because Gary Tangway <laughs> did the postgame show before them. That's mm-hmm. how bad this postgame show is. If you listen to this postgame show, you're going no to hear everything that the Patriots did wrong, and they won the game. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that I'll never understand in this market. I understand criticizing the team the way you should criticize them after a loss, and you go after them. I get that. But – when you are leading with what they did wrong, you are marginalizing an accomplishment. And if you look back at it, the media could look at all six Super Bowls and they could marginalize every single one of them. And that's what drives me crazy. And it doesn't happen anywhere else, guys. It doesn't happen in New York. It doesn't happen in Chicago. It doesn't happen anywhere else. certainly doesn't happen in England. And they are a tough media. It only happens here. Okay, it, it, it goes Shank, back to what the minister Shank, the minister of propaganda, started right. this back in he the He's made a career of fear, and he's made a career out of it. And all these other guys have just piggybacked along and given everybody, given Shank a reach around yep. while they're, you know, <laughs> while he's bent over. Yep. And um, and that's 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 the way that the the, the media is is running this town, and it that's how they they feed their ratings and. Um, the WEEI has, has gone on, has jumped on this bandwagon and that's why they've turned to complete shit. When was it? I don't listen to EEI. I don't, um, I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, listen I don't listen to anybody listen, anymore. I don't listen to anywhere. You know? Guys, I do want to mention this before we go, before we go. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you for giving me this, uh, opportunity to get this all off my chest. One final rant because I made a new year res- <laughs> resolution. Steve knows what this new right, year's man. resolution is. New Year's resolution is, see, I am still addicted to talk about sports. So I can't do this. I'm, I'm not going to listen to talk on sports. I can't do that. But I can do this. My New Year's resolution is to never, ever watch or listen Felger and Maz ever again. That's my New Year's <laughs> resolution. Join me in that. Join me, Patriots well, fans. Well, well. And that's the end of my rant. We all know well, what I say. Go. Friends don't let friends listen to Felger and Maz. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. No, uh, to to what Russell was saying, a friend of ours who lives in Europe and, and listens to both of our podcasts. By the way, he listens to yep. this, this one and our fourth and two. He's a faithful listener. He was very excited. He got tickets last year to come over. Um, he was coming to see the Patriots home game against Miami, 
and you know he was all excited he 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 was sending me tweets and he went to the game you know him and his wife they had a great time he uh oh. he was saying he had such a great weekend you know he got to visit the the Patriots Hall of Fame he went to the pro shop they went to the game of course and if you remember that Miami game last year in Foxborough it was a beautiful day yep. so they had perfect weather and you know Patriots won 38 to 7 and then he was going to fly home Monday night back to Europe. He had a late flight Monday night out of Boston. And he was horrified because he said he listened, you know, him and his wife were at the game. And then after the game, he turned on the radio and he was like, I don't understand any of this. He goes, I hear you guys rant and rave about the media in Boston. And he goes, did I see something different? Because I thought they won by 31 points. <laughs> and he goes, and the way they were making it sound, they lost yep. by 45. <laughs> yep. <laughs> guys, oh, yeah. guys, guys, I got to run. But listen, All I, right, I want right. to thank you. We want to thank you, uh, really, uh, for joining right. us. Because uh, honestly, it's been way too long, yep. you know, and, and we, we need to do this again soon. Do this right. much more often, man. Please Absolutely. make the sign. You Absolutely. are always Let welcome here, bud. Cracking again, Murph. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, see, you feel better now. You got to you got to vent a little bit. Oh, I feel better, but I got to run, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, That's take what care. We're all about making all right. making all right. people feel better. <laughs> Get easy, <laughs> Russ Goldman, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, that was Russ needed the vent. He's been he's been yeah. needing the vent for quite a while. So, oh, but that man. that that brings us to the end of our show and. uh we want to thank everyone for listening. We want to thank everyone for listening all season, but we're not going anywhere. We're no, going to start breaking down the team. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at the, some of the free agents that they have. Uh, yep. We'll look at where they need to make some changes. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, we're going to do all that. And personnel changes and, and we'll be getting into draft analysis. Folks, don't go anywhere, man. We're here 52 weeks a year. Uh, we will only be doing one show a week now. Uh, we, we did two all season long. That was great. We want to thank you all for tuning in to both of those. But, no, we'll be back next week with another great show. Right, Steve? Absolutely. So, for myself, Steve Balsheri, Thomas Murphy, thanks again to our buddy Russ Goldman. I'm sure he must feel better now. You know, his <laughs> blood pressure has gone down 50 points, and now, you know, he yeah. can go, go about his That's day. It. So, uh, but uh, – yeah, thanks again for everyone for listening. And We're it's cheaper been than a, a trip to the doctor. That's <laughs> it, you know. Come vent with us. Come so, vent with us. That's it. So we'll be back next week, and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about some of the stuff that we just mentioned. So thanks again, folks. We'll be back, and don't touch that dial because those Patriots aren't going anywhere. <laughs>